Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, an evergreen podcast production. Evergreen Podcast, by the way, hosts a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative shows featuring a wide range of lifestyle and niche programming. I'm I'm not comfortable with the word niche yet. You're going to have to get there. You'll get there. Okay. Uh, The network features a myriad of entertaining shows rooted in high creative values and production quality, and uh, we fit right in with every one of those descriptive words. I'm not comfortable with myriad. (laughs) So this is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Uh, Tony Wink, Scott Casper, and PJ Duran, how are you guys? Doing well, Scott. Thank you. Let's uh, let's talk before we go to our first guest who's waiting patiently in the pits. um, I do want to give you a bit of an update on our good buddy who was on just last week, by the way. Malcolm Stewart Mookie had a bit of a bad get off and uh, Malcolm sustained a broken femur. Uh, at the uh, round two of Monster Energy MA Supercross in Glendale and will now undergo surgery. Um, Of course, that took place early in the 450 main event. Uh, Stewart was riding well and had just passed his teammate Vince Freeze and the whoops when he lost control at the end of the section and slammed into the next jump. So we knew it wasn't going to be good. We just didn't know how bad it was going to be, and we are uh, thinking and uh, we're also praying for him to have a speedy recovery and one that will be long-lasting. Guys, uh, were you thrown? Did you see it? Yeah, oh yeah. I did. It didn't look good. He didn't move. It's never good when a rider stays down as long as he did. No. He, he hit the top of the whoop, the absolute worst. Right? I didn't go to the race. I actually flew out to uh, – went to Bean Canyon and rode this weekend up in uh, the Mojave Desert. And it was oh. So we, were, we watched it on TV like the rest of the schmucks, but it was – Man, it was too bad. You know, and in in bad deal. Bad deal. When you have a kid like that, you know, it's his first full time four fifty ride. You expect, you, you know, you 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 hope for good things. You hope. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, the uh, race was uh, flagged, red flagged, as it were, uh, while he was being attended by uh, the good guys at Alpine Stars. Uh, mobile medical crew and they did an outstanding job with them Uh, they did go ahead and restart the race under a staggered restart not sure that i like that but it is what it is and again we're praying for his recovery you can look for more information on that and more at racerxonline.com let's go to hot topics we'll go to pj to start things off pj the uh i would say the the biggest new news since our last broadcast in the road racing world would be that one Mr. Tommy Hayden has joined Estenson Racing as their director of racing operations, which is big news. Of course, uh, Estenson Racing, as we know from recently speaking with Mr. J.D. Beach, will be the home of J.D. Beach for 2019. That's wow. solid. So that's uh, pretty cool. we got a bunch of flat trackers coming together around road race bikes is what it looks like. Well, it takes champions in every discipline, fellas, and uh, the works in AMA Heron Hound Nationals, of course, are no different. 2017 AMA and uh, work series were championed by none other than our very first guest. Tony, you want to do the honors? Yeah, Mr. Gary Sutherland. We've had him on before and always a good guest. We welcome him back. What's up, Gary? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Good. Are you, uh, are you enjoying the weather? Well, I'm sitting in my garage right now, and it's been raining, and uh, we had a good day of just 
uh, epic chocolate dirt today. So, yes, I'm enjoying the weather. <laughs> Where are you located, Gary? Uh, to Southern California. Where at, though? Uh, right by, basically by KTM, like Temecula area. Okay. Uh, so it's, it, it, it was perfect. I mean, it was epic. And we had a little window of like three hours where it quit raining and it was perfect. Does it get humid down there in those little windows of mm. opportunity? Not really. Uh, not too much. Not at all, really. You know, I, I was out there this weekend and, and I went up to Bean Canyon and rode and, uh, I've never, I'm sure you've been up there. There's, I've never seen the dirt that good up there and it's because of the rain. It was hero dirt epic it was the best yeah you know what's funny is i, I trail ride a bunch and i've actually never been to bean canyon i have a, bu- a bunch of buddies that always go there but i got some really good stuff from my house in hesperia california which is up in the high desert um so next time you're out you should hit me up we'll go uh we'll go trail riding up there. Yeah, i have epic trails good rocky technical stuff and some fat uh some fun like hill climbs like bean too that's awesome we we actually ran into uh uh daniel laporte and and Don Emler and a bunch of old dudes that were they they were out riding and it was it was busy actually because the dirt was so good but yeah I'll I'll hit you up next time well, we go. Am I misunderstanding or was Emler or who was involved in the uh, Joshua Tree Campfire situation? What uh, <laughs> was there were there people actually burning Joshua trees? Aren't they on the? Uh, I don't think the owner of FMF did that. No, okay, all right. I don't I don't think Little D was out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Big D. I was, I was talking. I saw. I didn't see Little D. Oh, you didn't see Little D. No. I can't. He was I singing kid. karaoke somewhere. I think. Yeah, drinking Coors Light. You got it. So uh, let's talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about that Sprint Hero Racing Series. How's that going? Yeah. You know, it's good. I actually didn't do any um, last year. You know, and I, I've done six days, and I love the format. And so this year, you know, I switched to KTM, and. It was a good little gauge to see kind of where we were sitting. I actually rode a bone stock bike, bone stock suspension, because um, I'm working with a new suspension guy. We just, with everything being crammed up with A1 and getting suspension from WP and stuff, I wasn't able to get my fork. So I rode stock suspension, and it was a killer, like, fun event. Um, Saturday was, like, totally two different track conditions. Saturday was, like, super dry and slick, and then we got a bunch of rain uh, Saturday night, and so Sunday was, like, muddy and, like, hero dirt on the off-road. So it was kind of cool because it was two totally different days basically and, and the thing i like about sprint enduros especially if it's if it's over two days is you get time to reset some people may not like that they they may like to you know to put the three hour th- th- there's a knack to putting a three hour race together or even a two hour race versus you have these short spurts where you can go out and you can you can kill it and then you can come back and you can you can reset. You can get your mind straight. You can re- you can rest. More importantly for us old guys over here. But um, what are your thoughts on it? It's a different thing, isn't it, than a than a, a long race? Yeah, you know, I like the I like both. I mean, the cool thing with like sprint the sprint hero series versus like a two hour race is like you know two hours you have some time. Like even if you're kind of like oh man I'm not feeling it or whatever in a two hour race you can kind of settle into a pace or like get your stuff together if you're not doing too hot um whereas in the sprint heroes it's like you have to be perfect from the the first time that you go through the banner and you and you start ripping like you have to be precise and perfect and it shows you can't like you can't cheat the clock you know what i mean like it's all it's all on you and it's i, I love it i love both styles honestly because the sprinting you know i feel like carries over to you know the long two-hour races knowing where you're like top speed is and where you can push the limits, I think is a huge thing. So 
I'm I'm loving doing different stuff this year. Any grass track out there? I'm guessing not. Mm, <laughs> not too. I mean, there's some grass track like uh, where we actually burn in a rut track today. It was like super green because we've been getting all the moisture, like all this moisture, and so it was super green, but not like super grass like you know East Coast. But yeah, we have some grass tracks like corner tracks and stuff. But as far as the race goes, um, it was all at Glen Helen Raceway, so it was basically brown. So the rest of them, Mesquite MX, um, some of the other ones I don't recognize. It looks like they're in some some in California, some in Arizona. Um, oh, Canyon yeah. I've been to. That's that's one that's right in town there. Yeah, Canyon's good. Like, that'll be a super good one because it's uh, super rocky, technical, like real good off-road. And I've rode some of that stuff out there from living in Arizona for a while. So I know that one will be good. Um, the Marysville track, I don't know how they're going to do one there because they basically have, I think, two motocross tracks, and then they have, like, a sand wash. And I know they do some uh, some races there, but I'll be interested to see how that one is. Um, but, yeah, the, the I think, too, with this series, it's growing. And even in the first day, from the first day to the second day, like, the promoter, he learned a lot because Sean Redder sold works, and Randy Perry's now the owner. And so there's a lot of changes going on in the works series, and that series is ran by works. So I think it's going to be good. You know, it's it's uh, as a guy that's making his living doing this and, and racing. Um, what's that like for when you're there and you see a, a a promoter organizer that has some things to learn? Do you do you try to help or do you just sit back and you know what I mean? I I, I try to voice my opinion as like helpful as possible because at the end of the day, like those guys are the those guys are going to be the ones that me having a job you know so and it's tough because some promoters don't want to hear it you know i've had you know it's nice it's nice when promoters will listen to you and like i mean you don't have to do everything a writer says of course but for them to listen and take take note on more than you know whether it's me or another writer we all get together and collectively talk to them and say hey these are some things i think we could tighten up and make it a better program and actually better it for you is only going to bring more sponsors and more manufacturers in to help me get, you know, a better ride or more money or whatever it is, you know? So I think as riders, especially West Coast off road, we have to start working together a little more and keep these series from fighting each other on things and making it to where we're all working together and we can get as much exposure as possible so that we get, you know, a few more bigger rides like the GNCCs or adding teams now. And, you know, that would, I think that would definitely benefit the West coast. Gary, you, uh, are approaching what some might call journeyman status with your professional racing career. By no means do I mean to suggest it's you're anywhere near the end. Clearly, you're still going crazy strong. But when do you start thinking about how much more of this you could do? I mean, be it your body or your your uh, desire, one or the other. I mean, are are you still 100% in and loving what you do on a daily? Yeah, I mean, I the, the day that I'm not 100% in is the day I want to stop because that's when you start getting hurt or make mistakes or just not. You know, if I'm not into it, like, yeah, I'll go get a real job again and go back to working. But uh, I think it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, I just had my second child, and it's crazy because, yeah, there's times that I'm like, man, do I really want to take the risk? Do I really want to push it? But at the same time, like, I love what I do. I get to race a motorcycle for a living. I get to enjoy a somewhat open schedule to where I can go do stuff and I still have time to, you know, if I need to go to my daughter's play at the middle of the day, I can, you know, I can 
move my training around and I can go do that. So um, I'm going to do it as long as I can and as long as I'm having fun. And, and I still feel like, honestly, at 31 now, I'm, I feel like my body's getting better and I'm getting stronger and I'm getting smarter and I'm, my riding's changing. So I, in off-road, I think, you know, like look at Mike Brown, Ty Davis, Deshvi Abbott, those guys all were competitive winning titles in their late 30s. So uh, do I think that the end is near for me? I, I hope not. But at the same time, like it all depends on the rides and being able to support my family. Speaking of Destry, I, I last time I was at Canyon, I saw him and you guys have around there. How's he doing? I haven't, we haven't talked to him in probably six months. You know, he's doing good. Um, you know, cancer free. Well, I mean, done doing chemo and everything's good. And he's, uh, he's doing great. I think, you know, he's been, he was at the sprint hero, hero him and his son were there. Uh, Cooper raced with Destry did. Um, but he's finally, I think getting kind of back to where, you know, his old, his old self and able to put in some longer motos and, uh, no, it's always good having him at the track and, and I think, uh, you know, he's loving his ride in schools and everything. For him right now, everything's on the up. You know, there were some pretty dark times there for him for a while and some pretty scary stuff. So to see him doing as good as he is, I'm, I'm really pumped for him. His kid, what's his kid's name? Cooper. Cooper. How is he, yeah. is he getting fast? Yeah, Cooper's fast. He's riding for the RPM KTM team. Uh, he rode for them last year. And he's racing Endurocross. He's riding works and he, he races works in the Pro 2 class, but... Um, he's got, he's got solid potential and honestly, Cooper's only competitor really is his head. I mean, the kids rips. I mean, we ride with him all the time. He's throwing down times close to, you know, everybody, but he just, when it comes to racing, he gets a little, he's still young. I think he's 20 or 21. So he's still kind of like, he just, I don't know. He started late racing. So I think he's just, he's coming into his own every year. It seems like, so I think, you know, hopefully there'll be some big things out of him in the next couple of years. What about Zach Bell and, and Taylor Robert? Are, are, are they doing the series too? Yeah. So Zach Bell signed with uh, the Precision Concepts Kawasaki team. And then Taylor, of course, is back with Red Bull KTM. And they're both doing the series. And uh, those two are on the gas right now. So it was I was pretty pumped to get second. Zach was Zach beat me and Taylor straight up every every uh, test at that in the moto test. And then we beat him in the, the off-road test. So Zach definitely, I think his biggest lack right now is just the off-road side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pretty small guy. And, you know, when you're in those, the rocks and finesse, and he just he's not an off-road guy yet. Um, I think that's going to take him time to, to develop that. But his moto speed is pretty incredible. And so they're definitely something to watch for when we're racing. And, and now works is going back to two hours. So I, it's going to be kind of a different ball game this weekend. And we'll see, you know, who's been putting in the long work and the long hours. Describe what that two hours looks like for our, for our listeners. Uh, the first half an hour is chaotic. The second half an hour for me is most of the time riding tight, pumped up, and then I pit, <laughs> and then I take a breather, yeah. and I start getting start getting it together. And then the last thirty minutes is basically forty minutes is basically a sprint, and you know, push your body past what it's comfortable doing and basically blow yourself out so you want to hear about the two hours for us what's the two hours for you guys well you start off in the first 10 minutes you you, you're pretty much blown out yeah and then the rest we're talking about the radio show (laughs) i was talking about racing oh okay radio show we're blown out before we even get here um (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's uh putting a two-hour deal together it's it's so fun though isn't it just the 
just the the yeah. mental game that you do when you're racing, even for us slobs over here that are old and slow, it's still awesome. It's there's nothing like it. Yeah, the mental side of it is the biggest thing. Is like getting your body and getting your mind. Like there's times when I'm bonking and I'm like, oh, this is not good, you know. But I still got 20 minutes left or something. But it's like <laughs> you got to pull it together and just push, you know. It's like that's where you know everybody's tired at that point, you know. And, and like I know what I do for work. You're like, well, I'm sure these guys are tired too. So it's like you got to push and push by them and, and make it happen. So I, I love the two hours. Um, they're fun, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I do like the two hours better than the hour and a half. But now it's to the point where everybody's just sprinting for, like last year we are doing an hour and a half, so everybody's sprinting for an hour and a half. Wow. So pretty sure it's just going to be a two-hour sprint now. So. Tony, so, you know what that's like, right? No. Um, I know about the two hours, but not the sprint the whole time. So do you, when you're racing, do you know, the, do you keep an eye on the clock the whole time, or is it just when you come through and you get your pit board? I try not to look at the clock until after I pit. I, get, I don't want to, like, there's times where there's some races I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, man, we've only been going for 25 minutes or 30 minutes, and I still have, <laughs> you know, an hour and a half. I'm like, no. So I try to just, I try to zone it out and just focus on the first half to get to my pit. And then once I get my pit, I'm like, all right, you know, get, get in your groove and really start putting down the solid laps because that second hour is really the most crucial part. Like, you can't let everybody get too far away the first hour but um the second hour is the crucial one although you've been hanging back and reserve you know you're on reserve and uh, you still got at least an hour's worth in you so if those guys have been going hard at what point do you pour on the gas to make up the difference well that's the thing sometimes i miscalculate and i've done this a couple times and i'm like all right i got you know 40 minutes to go like it's time to just sprint you know sprint for 35 40 minutes and I've had him accidentally, like, I've had him throw the white flag a lap earlier than I anticipated. And I'm like, oh, well, that, that sucks. And so then next thing you know, I'm pulling, I'm like right on him on the lap. I've made up 12 seconds in a lap, you know, and I'm right on him on the, you know, and it's like, well, I got second. So I kind of have to, like, I've tried to get out of that mentality. Like, I try not to let him get away, right. you know. So I've tried to just like, all right, well, just sprint, stay within, you know, 15, 20. If you, if you can't get out front, you know, sit in that second, third spot and then just, you don't don't get down a minute or you know 45 seconds gary how old are you now 31 31 how old's uh taylor robert for example is he like 19 or 18 no he's 27 i believe 27 oh 27. no is he really zach bell's young yeah. now zach bell's 24 is he that old wow i think well, he's 23 20. i'm surprised on he's on a kawasaki a too <laughs> yeah he's going good on that new cowie huh yeah, we've we've been on the air since uh, well before Kawasaki was using all letters in the brand name. Now it used <laughs> to just be Big K, but no, now it's Kawasaki. Anyway, uh, stupid. Hey, Gary, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, give you an opportunity to to reel off some sponsors. Who would you like to thank? Uh, first and foremost, I got to thank KTM uh, this year for stepping up and helping me out, and uh, Fred Hash with Hash Racing, Wayside Lumber, Yoshimura, Dunlop, CPR, Twisted Development, Ride Shop. Kirby's, Mika Handlebars, Amy Grip, uh, DA Training, Icon, Seed Concept, W, Recluse, IMS, uh, Zip Tie Racing. I mean, there's so many people in my corner, my, my fiance, my kids, everybody that's helping at the, at the races. I really appreciate it. Done and done, bud. Best of luck to you. Uh, you know, keep uh, putting in the results and uh, take home the checks as you can, okay? 
All right, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Good talk with you, pal. Hey, a little bit about Jason Wygant, if we can, Jack. Let's just pause it for a second. Jason uh, wrote, a, I think, an interesting and, and uh, eye-opening article, for me anyway, on Black Baggett. Uh, he called him the uniquest of the unique. I'm not even sure if uniquest is a real word, but it works. Made it on the inter- on the, uh, the radio, so now it is. It is now, yeah. So on the track, Baggett is described as always being a bit of a mystery, at times busting out world-beating speed, at other times just disappearing in the pack. When he struggles, it's strange, but when he wins, well, that becomes shocking too. Uh, further, when he does win, he usually comes from behind, the opposite of the way that most people and riders plan it. But with Blake being different is being normal, and being normal is different. Agree or disagree, Tony? Uh, you know, I I, uh, I always looked at Baggett as an outdoor guy. Right. So he's he's definitely um, changing the, the – you know, we, with the wet conditions at Anaheim 1, it wasn't a surprise – that we saw a surprise winner, although Barsha may not be a total surprise to some, but he hasn't won in a long time. And then this past weekend in Phoenix, we expected some of the more expected riders to win since weather isn't a factor there with the with the roof. He had Rox and Tomac. Maybe the defending champ Anderson should win. All those guys, um, you know, were going to, but they didn't. But it was it, so Blake Baggett got his first win in the 450 class this weekend. Roxon looked like he was going to win the race. He had total control of it. He red, looked good. Red flag comes out for the for the very unfortunate right. Malcolm Stewart race that you talked about. They line up single file for the restart. Anderson took Roxon down after haunting him a few laps. So he's he's leading. Then ba- Baggett methodically runs Anderson down, checks out, and then the rest is history. So Baggett adds himself to the elite list of winners in the premier class. And PJ, it's it's well known. As a matter of fact, we talked about it on several different shows. Is that Baggett was staying completely out of California uh, in the off season? I mean, he he still he stayed at the El Chupacabra. Uh, ranch that he's got down there in southern Florida, but there's some word that there were no chupacabra um, sightings this year, and I'm a bit concerned about the population. Where do you stand? Uh, I still believe they're make believe. Oh, really? <laughs> Chupacabras, not buying it. You okay. have seen? I did see some Uncle Winkies in Southern California. Yeah, those are things that are related to a particular brand of alcohol, Tony. Um, <laughs> Tequila is not Tequila. your friend. Don't no. eat the worm. It really There is no worm in Don Julio. <laughs> By the way, a... Don Julio 1942 Reposado is, is so some of the smoothest, Bottle this smokiest tall. flavor. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Startlingly I've, expensive. I've, so good. I've never been a fan of tequila, even when they do the salt and throwing it over the shoulders, yep. take the hit. It's all about getting the good stuff. What you do is you snort the up. salt, yeah. squirt the lime in your eye, <laughs> right. and throw then the, take a shot. Throw the shot over your shoulder. <laughs> We'll take quick time out. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Glad you're with us. Part of the uh, Evergreen Podcast production and evergreenpodcast.com. Look for us online. Appreciate all of our sponsors, of course, uh, but do appreciate our writers and contributors, including Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson, our producers, Jack and Leanne DeLeon. For Ed Camp, Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran, and... The rest, I'm Scott Casper uh, speaking. Do me a favor, stick around. We'll be back after this. Hey, this is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.